Hi guys, what's up? Welcome back to All Over the Place. I am your host, Nicolette Goslin, and today I am joined with Brooke Thorne. Yes, I'm so excited to be recording an episode with Brooke. We haven't recorded one ever, so I'm really excited. Um, so Brooke, why don't you tell everyone what's new? What's been going on this week or in life? Um, well, I'm taking some summer classes, so I'm just like kind of been working on that and just like hanging out and relaxing. I can feel like I can like after I tell my story, I guess you will know like why I feel like I can finally relax now. But I just, you know, just relaxing. Mm-hmm, that's good. So for me, I've been staying at home um, for like the past week, but for like two weeks, I went to Universal and then mm-hmm. I went to the beach with my friends from college and then I went to Austin. <laughs> and so I've just been everywhere but my house. And so like I've yeah. just been trying to relax and like getting back into the swing of things and like in a routine. Mm-hmm. Um and then I got an internship. So, like, I went into an interview, like, what was it, like, a couple days ago, like, probably last week. Mm-hmm. It was on Thursday of last week. And it went really well. Um, and so she gave me the internship. And I'm going to start it. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to start it whenever I come back. Um, so, or I'm going to Destin, or not Destin, I'm going to, like, Panama City Beach with like my childhood friends and so that will mm-hmm. be fun because I haven't been on vacation with them in a really long time so like I feel like that's gonna be fun um yeah. but yeah that's basically it I've just been trying to like relax and just like have fun because it's summer and everything mm-hmm. um but yeah okay do you want to share your quote of the pod sure um so mine is from a song actually and the quote is life is gory and boring sometimes yeah and it's from the song today we're the greatest by middle kids and i just like whenever i listen to that song i just like really i don't know i liked it like life is gory and boring sometimes and i feel like it just kind of like described how my life was like the past few months yeah um and so i just really like it i like that song it's a good song too wait who is it by again middle kids Little kids. Okay, I'll have to go mm-hmm. listen to it. Okay, my quote is Talk to Yourself Like Someone You Love by Brene Brown. And I really like this quote because um, I find myself like being mean to myself almost and like doubting myself and stuff. And I think that if you like put those words into your head, then it's true. So I've been trying to like speak positively towards myself. And I think that really does help with like mental health and stuff. And um, I know that's not the case for like everyone, but for me, it just helps be positive and like, I don't know, but yeah. So that's yeah, my quote. Sure. Okay. Let's get into the interview. So um, with all of my guests, you guys know, I try to ask questions uh, that will get let you get to know the guests a little bit more. So we're going to do that. Okay, okay. Brooke, I, I already like know all of these, but like they don't. Yeah. Okay. So um, Brooke, how old are you? I'm 19. <laughs> Last year of being a teenager. Yes. Yeah. Um, where are you from? Um, I'm from just Spring, Texas. Yes. Lived here my whole life. Um, yes. Yeah, pretty boring. <laughs> Where do you go to school? I go to A&M. Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? Um, reading, for sure. Like yes, reading. you love reading. I read all the time. Um, and I like just like, this, I don't know if this is like a hobby, but I just like like listening to music and like mm-hmm. making playlists. I know you like to do that too, but yes. it's just like really fun. Yes. So yeah, but reading is like my number one. Mm-hmm. And Brooke actually has a um, book review account on Instagram. Yeah, do you want to share your at? Yeah, um, it's books underscore by underscore Brooke. Yes. So books by Brooke. I've been trying to read more. I started reading We mm-hmm. Were Liars, and it's really interesting. I need to, like, read more of it to, like, give, like, yeah. a summary or something. But it's really good so far. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. Okay, the next I question. Would- oh, sorry. 
Oh, no, I was going to say, I read that book, like, a while ago, and, like, sometimes, like, I get, like, books, like, mixed up, like, I, like, just forget, like, events that happen, so I kind of want to, like, go back and reread it, because mm-hmm. it's been a long time, but anyway, yes. so continue. Uh, <laughs> how do we know each other? <laughs> um, we were on the dance team together in high school, so we met when I was a freshman, and you were a sophomore, and... yes. You were my new girl coordinator. <laughs> yeah, that was a time. That's crazy. It was like a but yeah, line. no, literally, like that whole like era was like it's it was just its own era actually. Mm-hmm. The whole time period, it was actually crazy. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a fun four years, but sometimes just got a little too much. But yeah, yeah. Um, so that's how we know each other. We know each other from dance and stuff. Yes. Okay, so. I want Brooke to tell, actually, Brooke, you texted me and you were like, I want to do this. And um, and I was like, all right, let's do it. So I'm going to let Brooke share her story. And of course, I'm going to have some questions because yeah. I am just, you know, curious and stuff. Um, but Brooke is going to share her story about her dad. Um, so Brooke, do you just want to go ahead? Start? Sure, I can start. Yeah. So basically, um, this all started, uh, like beginning of February. Um, and my dad started feeling sick and we were like thinking it might be COVID and it turns out it was, and we all got it. Like my whole family, like me, my mom, my dad, and my brother, but me, my mom, and my brother were like, had very mild symptoms. And my dad, it started out like he had pretty mild symptoms too like at the beginning. So we were like, you know, not too worried. I was like, okay, we're just going to like be like sick and have to quarantine for a little bit. Like it's not big, no big deal. And then, um, actually one of my mom's friends told us that like, if you ever have COVID, you need this thing that like clamps on your finger. I'm not sure what it's called, but you can like get it off Amazon. It like clamps on your fingers and it tells you your oxygen level. And if your oxygen level, like a normal oxygen level is above a 95. Um, and anything from like 90 to 95 is low, but anything below 90, that's like when you need to call, like you need to go to the hospital. Right. So we got that, um, off Amazon and we would like just test, you know, our oxygen levels just to make sure like if we were below a 90, like if you were like below a 90 and like you went up, it was fine. But if you stayed below a 90, then that was like when you needed to like go to the hospital and so my dad I think was like 86 or something like in that range um one day and this was like after like a few days being sick he just like kept getting worse and we we were still having mild symptoms but he kept getting worse so um that was like in the morning it was like early in the morning and basically um so my mom called 911 like called an ambulance and it was actually the day, I don't know if you were here, you might've been in Arkansas, but um, it was the day, at, like the first day, it, like froze, like it was like, fro- like, and like snowed. Mm-hmm. This was like in February. Um, so the ambulance was like, had you, having to go like slow because they weren't like used to like driving on ice and stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so like an ambulance came and picked him up and just like, it was like, we had no idea. We weren't allowed to like go with him because we had COVID. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And like, even if we didn't, we weren't allowed to go with him because the hospitals are like very strict on like um, COVID regulations and stuff. I mean, as they yeah. should be, but yeah. it's still like, it was just scary because he had to go by himself and we were all just like standing at the, me, my mom, my brother, we're all just like standing at the door like, watching him getting in the ambulance and, like, driving away, and that, like, image is, like, so, like, ingrained in my brain, like, literally, like, traumatizing, like, Mm -hmm. anytime I see, like, an ambulance or, like, EMS truck or something, like, I literally get, like, flashbacks to that moment. Oh, wow. Um, but anyways, so they, we had no idea. They took him, like, in the morning, and they never, like, they didn't call us until like later that night. So basically we spent all day just like worrying. But even then, you know, I was scared, 
but I was like, oh, you know, he'll be there for like maybe a few days or like a week mm. and then he'll come home, you know. Because that's what usually happens, right? Yeah, like, like usually you don't stay there for like months. But I was like, he'll be there a few days or like a week or something and he'll come home. It's fine. Um, <clears throat> and then he got put into like the progressive unit at first. So that's basically like you're not like critical. Like it's not like ICU. Um, and so he was in that unit for a few days and then they moved him to the ICU. And then um, basically, and we were getting all, all these updates through um, nurses would like call us. They would call us two times a day. They'd call us like once in the morning and once at like in the evening at nighttime. Um, and the whole time they were like telling us and we were like saying that we don't want him to be on a ventilator, which is life support, which is like basically that means you can't breathe on your own. Um, the ventilator breathes for you. Um, and so the whole time we were like, it was like a week of him in like progressive slash ICU. And he was like, not on the ventilator yet. But the whole time we were like saying, we don't want that. That's like the worst case. Scenario. Right. And then one time, one day, this was like literally like one of the worst days. Um, I woke up and I went downstairs and by this time we didn't have COVID anymore. So like people could like come over and stuff. Cause at first, like it was, I felt like I was all by myself because I couldn't like have the support of my friends because I, I had to quarantine too. Um, but eventually, you know, we didn't have it anymore. We tested negative and stuff. Um, so one morning I woke up, this is probably like a week and a half, two weeks of him being in the hospital. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit longer, but, um, I woke up, I went downstairs and my mom and my sister were like there and my sister doesn't live with me. She's older. Um, she like has her own like house and husband and baby and stuff like, right. <laughs> um, but she was there and they were like, like I could tell something is wrong from the look on their faces. Like something was like wrong. Um, and so I was like, what's wrong, you know? And basically they told me that, um, he had to be put on a ventilator. So oh like, gosh. that's like my worst fears, like coming true. And it was like nine something in the morning and I had class at 10, which is, it was like a zoom meeting class, you know, mm -hmm. but still, and I'd, I couldn't miss, like I had already like, missed. I them. think I was allowed. Like, yeah. I think I was allowed like two absences and I was already like, yeah. So I was like, literally like sobbing hysterically and like I had and you have to have your camera on for this class so I just I had my camera on but I had it like facing the wall like I was like I'm not showing my face like I don't care I'm like I'm not showing my face so I had it like facing the wall and I was like trying to just like calm myself down and then like my aunt came over later and like you know we're just trying to like help us like just comfort us I guess I don't know um and Later, my friend Melanie um, picked me up because I was like, I texted her and I was like, can you just like pick me up or can we just like drive somewhere? Like, Is Melanie like your best friend? Yeah. I mean, she's definitely one of my best friends, of course. Um, and <laughs> so she like picked me up and literally like, this is like all the same day. Like right when I got in the car, I just started like, like literally like wailing, like crying like so hard like I never cried so hard in my whole life it was bad and um just like that whole day was like so like dark. I was just scared and like it was just a really really dark day and like the fact that I can talk about it now without being like emotional I think I'm just like numb I kind of like numb I like numbed myself to it just because like honestly like to protect myself like just I had to become numb eventually um, and so if you don't know what like a ventilator is, which I didn't know before, I like learned a lot of things about like medical stuff. Yeah, from all of this. Yeah. yeah. Um, basically it's this tube and they have to sedate you. You have to be like out. You mm -hmm. have to be like asleep to do it. So when they did this, my dad was like out and he was basically like in a medically induced coma for like over a month. Um, Cause you have to be like completely knocked out to do this. 
Um, and so basically it's this tube that they like stick down your throat. And when I say tube, it's not like, like a small one. It's like, like huge. Like it's like right. this big. It's really big. Um, and it's really scary looking. Like if you look up just like person on a ventilator on Google, like it's really scary looking. So it's like huge tube that goes down your throat. And, um, basically the machine like breathes for you. Right. Um, so it's life support for sure. Like, um, people that are on it, like they can't breathe on their own. Um, so he was on the ventilator. Like the average time to be on a ventilator is I think it's like four to seven days, but he was on it for, I think almost 60. Um, yeah. And the more time you you spend on the ventilator because it's breathing for you, um, like the more time it's going to take to recover because your body gets used to someone to like a machine breathing for you. And so it becomes weaker and it can't breathe on its own, you know? Um, and so that day was really bad. And he basically spent like a long time in like a medically induced coma. So we couldn't talk to him. We couldn't go visit him. The only like updates we got were just like from the nurses that would call. And um, we had like just a ton of scares about other stuff. Like one time they called and um, they were saying that he had like internal bleeding um, and they didn't know where it was coming from. And like, it was just like a scary phone call and it turned out to be like a blood clot, which is really scary. Cause those can like, those can kill you like a blood clot can kill you um and they were saying they had to like go in and like remove it or somehow like remove it I don't know but it ended up like dissolving on its own so we they didn't have to which is like literally yeah a miracle (laughs) um but there were like sorry I'm trying to think no you're Um, good um Sorry, I just like blanked. No, you're good. You're talking about the well, blood clot. Do you have any questions so far? Um. Okay. So I have a couple questions. So you were doing school when all of this was yes. happening, right? Did you mm-hmm. decide to withdraw or drop from any classes? So I was okay. So my first semester, like I lived in College Station. My second semester, I was planning on you know living there. Right. Um. But then, like, this happened, and I was planning on literally, like, moving back to College Station, like, the day after, like, my dad found out he got COVID, but then I obviously had to, like, cancel it because I had it, too, and, you know, my roommates, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I was planning on moving back, and after, you know, all this happened, I just decided to stay home because I, like, just wanted to be home with, like, my family when I was, when I was, like, going through this. But I was still taking classes, like, online. Um, I definitely, like, considered dropping classes, uh, just because it was, like, so, it was just stressful to, like, worry, and I couldn't focus, like, I couldn't focus on, like, school when I was, like, worrying about my dad. Right. Um, And my, I would, like, talk to my, I talked to my professors about it, and I was basically saying, like, hey, like, I might submit things, like, late, and I just... I just explained the situation to them and most of them were like super nice about it. And they were like, you can submit things late. Like you're like, you know, they were super understanding about it. Most of them were like, there was one that was like, <laughs> not really understanding. but, um, I almost dropped one of my classes cause it was like an eight week class and it started in March. So it was like, started like midway through the semester And March was basically like when my dad was like at his worst and I was just at my worst too. So I almost dropped it, but I decided like, maybe this is just going to be like a good distraction. Like maybe school will just like, you know, distract me. Like I can focus on something else. So I didn't drop any classes. I ended up not dropping anything. Um, but I definitely like considered it. Um, mm-hmm. But I just decided in the end that like, if I didn't have school to focus on, I think I would just spend all my time like thinking about my dad and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, you don't have to answer this, but I was going to ask. So 
what was your mental health like during this time? Yeah, um, it was like the worst it's ever been in like my entire life because like I was just so like scared. Like I don't, and like the pain, like I never like experienced like pain like that. Like whenever we'd get like bad news from like the nurse, I would just like, it like was literally like someone like had my heart like in its hand and like was like squeezing it. And like, it was very painful. And like, you can like basically ask like any of like my family or like anyone that was like there around me. I was just like, not myself at all. I was either like crying and like inconsolably crying all day, or I was just completely numb, like blank face, like just laying in bed and like saying nothing all day. Like it was really bad. Um, at one point, um, I was like, I would like wear like my dad's like sweatshirts and stuff. And just to like, I don't know, like feel like closer to him. Um, and then at one point I was like, I like went into like his closet and was like just sitting on the ground. And my mom had like the shirts that he had worn like before he went to the hospital and she hasn't, she didn't like wash them because they like still like smelled like him. And so I was like sitting on the ground in the closet and like, just like holding his shirts and like, like surrounded by all his clothes and stuff and just like crying really hard and just like literally like begging, like, please let him be okay. Like, please, please. Like it was bad. (sighs) And there would just be times like, I would just randomly start crying, like, even if, you know, nothing had happened that day or anything. Um, and I, like, couldn't sleep. Um, I started having to take, like, just medicine to help me sleep because at night my mind would just be, like, racing right. and, like, just, like, of all the possibilities, like. And, you know, I never, like, lost, like, hope that he would get better but I had, like, those, like, intrusive thoughts that were just, like, you know, basically, like, the worst case scenario. And, like, they would just, like, pop in my head. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to, like, have hope because um, the doctors were saying, like, the opposite. Like, at one point, like, a doc- my mom, like, asked one of the doctors, like, does he have a chance? And the doctor was, like, and this was, like, I think in March late March maybe um and the doctor was like it is a very low chance like very low chance of surviving Mm -hmm. um and so it was hard to have hope when like the doctors were saying stuff like that um and like yeah it was just very bad um whenever you got like bad news like that did your mom try to like hide it from you or did she just tell you well most of the time so like the doctors are like it wouldn't really be the doctors calling most of the time it was the nurses calling and they would call like around the same time every day and so they when they would call in the morning I would like wake up in the morning with like a pit of like dread in my stomach because I knew that they were going to call soon and I was just like worried about you know what they were going to say um so most of the time I was there and I listened to the calls so I couldn't like I knew everything. Um, And then they would call at night too. And I would listen to that too. So most of the time I was just there and I was just hearing what they were saying. So I knew everything, but there were a few times um, when I wasn't there and my mom kind of just to protect me would just like sugarcoat things, you know, like if they like told her really bad news, you know, she didn't want to tell me that. So she would kind of like, put like a positive spin on things um which you know was good for me like in hindsight I'm glad she did that right because sometimes I know that like in situations like that and your situation as well I know like parents will be like okay you don't need to know this like we don't need Mm. to go any further just to like protect their kids and I think that's really good and it probably did help you out yeah for sure there were times like and at the time like I wouldn't want her to hide things from me like I wanted to know everything right I would too 
yeah but now looking back I it was the best thing sorry that's my dog <laughs> no, you're, back. Like, no you're good um, my dog is literally like she was barking a second ago and mm-hmm. she's like I don't even know she has a mind of her own but yeah yeah but um looking back I like I said I am glad that I like didn't I knew most things but yeah know, there are things that like I didn't know at the time and I'm very glad and like also like looking back I'm like don't know how I like I guess like survived because yeah like I feel like very detached from it now that's like I'm talking about it and I'm not even like getting emotional getting emotional like because I feel like super detached from that like time period like it's like it feels like it didn't even happen to me right like it's just so like I think like honestly to like protect myself my mind just like kind of like blocked it out and like mm-hmm. numbed myself to it mm-hmm. so do you want to continue the story yeah I can um so basically all throughout March it was pretty much he was on the ventilator everything was the same um and they were just basically like there was a new problem every day like like I was saying earlier with the blood clots mm-hmm. at one point they thought like his organs were failing. Um, Gosh, so many yeah. like issues that the nurses would report like every second. Yeah. Yeah. It was literally like almost every day there was something bad. Um, and that's why I think I would just dread the phone calls. Like, cause I was like, I would literally feel sick. Like I would feel like I was going to throw up before they were going to call. Um, but basically he was like that all through March and we weren't allowed to go see him until I think almost the end of March, um, they, and he was still testing positive, Mm -hmm. um, for like COVID until, yeah, for COVID. Oh, wow. So basically, finally they let us go see him, but well, we had tried to go see him earlier and the nurses said that they only make exceptions for like patients that aren't going to make it. So like if a patient is not going to make it, they will make an exception usually, that their family can go and like say their goodbyes, which is very sad. Um, and so they called us one day and they said, you can come see him. And so like them saying that, like honestly kind of scared me. Cause I'm like, are they making an exception for us because he's not going to make it? Like right. that was like my thought process. Um, but then the nurse was like, no, they changed the regulation for like everybody. So like, it wasn't just for him. Like it wasn't like an exception for him. So the first few times I, and it was only one person at a time and they, we could only stay for 15 minutes, um, which they said we can only stay for 15 minutes, but I like stayed longer and they didn't like kick me out or anything. That's good. I thought that they were um, understanding. Yeah. And the first few times I had to, you had to stand outside of the room cause he was still testing positive for COVID. So I couldn't go in there. So it was like, and honestly, like just like being in the hospital and especially the ICU, like walking through is like very depressing. Like just seeing people like so sick like that, it's like really upsetting. Um, and so the first time I went to go see him first couple times, I had to stand outside his room and like look at him through like the glass um and in order to talk to him I called like the nurse's phone and she put her phone on speaker and like laid it on his chest and at this point he was still like in his like coma I guess you could call it so he wasn't awake and he you know he wasn't like responding or like making any like movements so you know? was he was he actually in a coma or was it just so they like put him in one because they gave him really, really high levels of sedatives because you have to be sedated when you're on a ventilator because your like natural reaction to having that giant tube down your throat is to pull it out. And right. so people will pull it out if they're not sedated. So I think the drugs I gave him were Presidex, Propofol, and fentanyl. Fentanyl. Mm-hmm. Um, very like high levels of that. So he was like out. Um, and at this point they actually, so he was still on the ventilator, but 
they have this thing called a trach. Um, and it's basically, they like cut like a hole in your neck. And oh, yeah, I, I know what that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they put like, and instead of having the tube like down his throat and the ventilator like giving him, you know, like supporting him through his throat, they had it like through his neck. Oh, okay. Uh, and so they did that because in, because to get off a ventilator, you have to be weaned off. You can't just like, they can't just like turn it off. Right. And it's easier to, well, it's not easier. It's safer to wean people off when it's, they have like a trach because they actually like at one point tried to take my dad off the ventilator and they took the tube out and then he started like, like hyperventilating, couldn't breathe. So they had to like re put it back in. And when they do that, it like increases the risk for like infections and stuff. And so with a trach, they can basically just like, I'm like saying this totally wrong, but like, I think they can like basically like switch it on and off. Like, I don't know. So it's safer. Yeah. So they had that, they did that to my dad. So by the time I went and saw him, he didn't have it down his throat. It was like connected to like his, the hole in his neck basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it wasn't like as scary looking. Um, But yeah, I just like talked to him through the phone and I was just saying like, I love, I was like super emotional obviously because it's like first time seeing him just saying like I love you so much like please know like you're gonna be okay I didn't want like him to be scared you know and um could he hear what you were saying well people like I think he could like even though he couldn't like respond because you know like people like will talk to people like in comas and stuff and they will like remember when they wake up you know, like, it's crazy. Wow. Um, but I was, like, just telling myself that he could hear me. Um, and so, basically, I was just saying, like, that kind of stuff to him. Um, and that was, like, the first few visits I had to stand outside. And then, finally, he tested not negative for COVID. Oh, that's great. And I had to, like, actually go inside. And... What day was that? Uh, dude, I don't even know. <laughs> It was like all like my days are like was it in April though or like yeah well late March or early April okay around that time um so I could like go in and he was seeing him up close was definitely like scarier because he didn't like look like himself like because I had him on all these like drugs his face just looked like completely relaxed and it wasn't like natural looking at all and at this point they were trying to like wake him up a little bit so he still had like the ventilator but like I said with the trach you can be awake and have it um so they were trying to like lower sedation levels like little by little and so he would like kind of like open his eyes and then but he wasn't like completely aware So, like, the first few times, you know, sometimes he would, like, open his eyes. And then, like, he would slowly, as I would, like, visit him more, he would slowly, like, start to become more aware. Like, he could, he was super weak, so he couldn't, like, you know, really move. But he could, like, kind of nod. And then eventually he was able to, like, barely squeeze my hand and stuff. Um, And he couldn't talk um, because of, like, the trach. Um, So... You know, he was, I thought, like, he was starting to slowly, like, get better. But um, I think around that same time was when the doctor was, like, telling my mom that he has, like, a very low chance. But it seemed to me like he was, like, slowly getting better, like, wow. at least, like, waking up and stuff. Um, and then eventually, I think it was, like, early to mid-April, um, they, well, I think it was early April, actually, they wanted to move him. He was at Tomball. He was at Tomball Regional Hospital. Um, they wanted to move him to a specialty hospital that basically like specializes in like rehab and like, you know, like weaning him off like the ventilator and stuff. So that was like good news because he would be moving from like ICU to like a rehabilitation place. Um, and so they did end up moving him. And when he first got there, like, 
he was still like pretty like coming off of all like the drugs and stuff so and he still like couldn't talk because of the trach but then eventually he like um started waking up more and more and he couldn't really move um but occupational therapy would come in and they would like move his arms and legs for him um and then eventually they started like weaning him off the ventilator and putting him on a CPAP machine which is different it's still like gives you support when you breathe but you have to like initiate the breath and then it gives you support so it's like a step up from like being on a ventilator so it was like they were trying to get him to learn to breathe on his own again um and then eventually he would do like um he'd do like CPAP during the day and then they put him on the ventilator at night just to kind of like wean him off and then um then they were able to take him off the ventilator completely and then take him off the CPAP completely. And then finally they could take um, like the trach out. Like he still has a, like a scar, like it's like for life. You have like that scar from like the hole, but the day they took that out was like, just very happy, like, like a really good day. And um, then he's, started to be able to just breathe on his own but he still has like a cannula basically it's like that thing that goes like that and it provides like for him but um yeah he's breathing on and that was like april was like a good month because he was like getting better mm-hmm. you know and then he was doing like physical therapy um where they would um he would do like little exercises with like his arms and his legs and he would take his like first few steps with like a walker um and you know just do all these like exercises and then after he spent about two months in Tomball Regional Hospital and then two months at the rehab place so almost four months total in the in the hospital and pretty recently um he was able to come home and now he's home. He he has um, oxygen support still. So he still has the cannula. And it's like a, there's an oxygen machine. And we have like um, like tanks of oxygen. Because he has to go to outpatient physical therapy now. So like in the car. Because the oxygen machine like plugs into the wall. So it's not like portable. In the car and stuff. We have to like bring like the tanks of oxygen. Um, and he's still. He's in a wheelchair just because of how like week he is still but he's like getting better like f- through physical therapy and stuff um the main thing is he just like has to uh it takes him a while to like catch his breath because of how like severely damaged his lungs are from the whole thing mm-hmm. um but yeah he's doing he's doing really good now great this um Whenever he came home, what was that day like for you? Um, so we like surprised him at the hospital. Um, so my mom was there like to take him home, but he didn't know that me and my brother and my sister and my niece, um, my sister's like nine month old baby. Um, he didn't know we were all going to be there and we were all there when he like came out the doors and we were just like so happy and like, um, clapping for him and then when we got home just like people from my family were at my house and we were all like and everyone was wearing masks because my entire family pretty much is vaccinated but my dad is not yet because for some reason they don't they couldn't vaccinate him in the hospital like they didn't have vaccines in the hospital okay which is like you would think a hospital would have yeah I don't know but um he will be like vaccinated soon but just like right now we have to be careful um because he's you know weak and vulnerable um but my family was there and we just like welcomed him home and then the next day the next morning the morning after he came home um they had like a car parade so we like sat in our driveway and like people like drove by with like posters and like there were like honk there was like actually a lot of cars 
Because when they told us that they were doing a car parade, I was like, oh my gosh, like, what if, like, literally, like, two cars come? Like, that's going to be so awkward. (laughs) Like, uh, no one comes. It's going to be so awkward. But there was a lot of cars. um, And, you know, it was really, like, I was really happy. Just, it was, like, overwhelming. Like, my whole family was crying, but I was, like, so, like, I don't know. I, like, didn't cry because I was just, like, very, like, overwhelmed and, like, yeah, I don't know. But it was a really happy day, those two days. And now, you know, Father's Day was yesterday. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. We're recording. Um, It just, like, feels different. Like, it felt different because I'm, like, this could have been a very different day for me. Like, if he would have – if if he would have passed away, like the doctor said he would, like, this would be a very sad day for me. And instead it's a really happy day. And it just makes you like appreciate your family more. Like, yeah. So grateful. I bet, you know? Yeah. And it's like unheard of for him to, for someone to be on a ventilator for that long and to be in that bad of shape. Like he was like I said, there was like a new problem every day. Um, it's unheard of for someone to survive that. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. And he doesn't even really, he doesn't remember being like in like a coma basically for that long. So he doesn't know like the hell we went through, like, Mm -hmm. and so we kind of like tell him about it, you know, and he's just like shocked and he feels like sad for us. He was like, I'm sorry that y'all had to go through that. Um, but honestly, I'm like, you're okay now. And that's all that matters. Like, does he, um, remember anything from like the hospital or anything like that? Um, basically the first hospital he went to, um, he vaguely remembers things from before he was like put under and while he was like sedated, he remembers like some dreams that he had. And he says he remembers me talking to him um, through, like, the, like, when I was saying earlier, when I talked to him on the phone and I was, like, standing outside of his room, he says he remembers that. He remembers me talking to him. Um, But most of his memories are from the second hospital because that was when he wasn't on any sedation anymore and he was, like, doing physical therapy. But, yeah, his memories from the first one are just pretty, like, you know, vague and blurry. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you want to add or like say about this whole situation and this story? Um, just, well, okay. Throughout like the whole like thing, I would like see things on like social media or like people will just say like really ignorant things about like COVID. Um, Like someone in one of my classes was like basically like in like a group chat that we had for my classes was like basically like calling it like a hoax and was like saying it's not real. And, you know, I didn't even, I didn't like say anything, but like in my brain, I'm like, if you only knew like what what my family was like going through right now. So just like people were just saying like super like ignorant things about it. And people just, if unless you've, like, experienced it or, like, you know someone who's experienced it, like, you just have no idea and you just can't, like, say things like that when people's, like, and we are so lucky that my dad is still here. Like, a lot of people, like, lost family members to COVID and that's, we are just so lucky. Um, and my, like, heart goes out to those people because, like, I, I know, like. What that feels like. What that feels like. Um. But yeah, that's, I'm like, the story is like, so like, there's like little parts everywhere that I'm probably like just forgetting, but I think I, I think I got like the big parts. Yeah, that's great. I, I love listening to the story um, because, you know, you are just so strong and um, like even just coming on to like my podcast like the way that you just like talk about it um is just like so professional in a way like I just feel like you're just like really um 
good with your words and everything and um you're welcome um but I think this story will help a lot of people um for those of you listening and Mm -hmm. to realize that COVID is a real thing I mean it's still going on even though there's a vaccine so just take your precautions be careful um and also I think this is also a story of gratitude just being grateful um for your family um because you never yeah. know what's going to happen. Um, and so thank you, Brooke, for telling your story. Um, it was so brave of, of you to talk about this. And um, I like got chills towards the end whenever you were talking about um, Father's Day and, you know, being so grateful. Um, mm-hmm. Because I actually had a really good Father's Day yesterday, too. And I was just thinking about, you know, your story. And then also, mm-hmm. you know, people who um don't have a dad you know or maybe their dad is absent in their life and Mm -hmm. um it just makes you really appreciate your dad more so yeah for sure it does yes um okay do you want to (laughs) get like fashion babe time (laughs) (laughs) yes um okay so this is like literally gonna sound like if you know me and like you do this is gonna like be obvious but my fashion or idol whatever I put as Harry Styles um just because like <laughs> like he really is so he's a fashion icon yeah like the colors I really love like his like color palette I guess yes. like, that he always wears like the yellows and like the oranges and stuff and just yeah. like I love like the high-waisted pants that he always wears and just he's my icon in like every way not just fashion um yes. but yeah I love him so okay. that's great I love Harry Styles too and I think he is really great with fashion I mean I think that he's gonna you know be a fashion icon um even like past like our time and everything um like you know how like sometimes like people are like oh like Marilyn Monroe was like an icon or like mm-hmm. like a fashion icon like can't really think but yeah Yeah. I just think he's just gonna go down an icon um so yeah but I think um he is really great because there's like a fly that was weird (laughs) I think he's really great because obviously his music is amazing but Mm -hmm. he also explores with like femininity I guess Mm -hmm, like with his clothes and um I just think that it's great and like for you know young men who are you know looking up to someone like that, it's just really great because, yeah. you know, it takes away from toxic masculinity and, like, the male gaze and everything like that. So, um, yeah, I love Harry Styles. But um, my fashion fave is – did I write down? Oh, yeah, platform flip-flops. And I know some people are going to have something to say, but I love platform flip-flops, and I think they're really cute. And I always yeah. see Debbie Carlson wearing them, and, like, I'm obsessed with her. I think she's really – cool and she's like my style icon so i just love mm-hmm. her um but i love platform flip-flops um so yeah what's your song of the week so a song i've been listening to like a lot is liz by remy wolf um and i love remy wolf like she's gonna like i mean she's already had like a few songs that have gotten pretty popular but she's definitely gonna blow up because her like music is so like fun and like unique but Liz, she came out with this month, like pretty recently. And it's just like a really fun song. And like, it's good for like summertime. It's just so good. You should listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love it. I've been listening. It's on repeat. Yes. Okay. My fashion or my fashion. Oh my gosh. My song of the week is Malibu by Hole. And the song just is like 90s, mm-hmm. 2000s ish or like it's just very it just reminds me of like a 90s 1000s movie and yeah. I really like that um and it's just like a really great song to like listen to and just like pretend that like you're the main you're girl. in a movie yes and like an indie film or something um yes. but yeah all right thank you so much Brooke for coming on and sharing your story mm-hmm. um it's just a miracle that you know your dad is home now and I'm just mm-hmm. so grateful that he is home and I'm sure obviously you are as well yes um, for sure. do you want to say anything else about the whole story before we go um well first I wanted to thank you just for having me on here um 
And also just like, one more thing I wanted to add is like how like, like you were saying, it's like a story about like gratitude. Um, I'm like just so grateful, not only to like that my dad is okay, but just like to like my friends that were very like supportive of me. Um, Like so many people, like you were one of them would just like, you know, make sure I was okay. Would even like literally like just sit texting me like, yeah. Hey, how are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. that's a really big deal to me. And so many of my friends were just so like supportive of me during this time. And, you know, Melanie, I would like see her basically every day. Um, um, sorry, that was my dog. I don't know if you're good. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, just like, a lot of like people were just so like supportive and like um, would send me like food or like I, I got like I can't tell you how many times I got tips treats from some uh-huh. like so many people like sent me like tips treats which is like awesome love that um, and yeah I just like just really <laughs> I appreciate like my friends mm-hmm. so much and they really like showed how much they care for me and how they're there for me during this time because you know it was a hard time and so that's when people show their true colors yes of course during hard times mm-hmm. the right ones will check up on yeah. you and you know be there mm-hmm. for you all right do you want to like plug your social media and so people can follow you and yeah stuff? sure okay um uh, my instagram like my personal instagram is the brooke thorn um and my like i said my follow my book instagram too yes. books underscore by underscore i'll have book. that in the show notes um you know um i post a lot on there just what i'm reading and book reviews and stuff and yeah that's and that's about it all right uh make sure you guys follow uh the all over the place instagram at all over the place podcast and yeah thank you guys so much for listening and i will see you guys or I will catch up with you guys next week. I don't know if I'm doing a solo episode or a like guest one. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and I will talk to you guys next Thursday. Bye. Bye.